This episode of Rural Gray is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T.L. Gray, hot. Previously on Earl Grey, fire. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now going into number 37 as we round out our list of 47, because it's got to be 47. 36. Yeah. No, no, I know. But I'm saying of our list of 47 things. Let's Mm -hmm. go into number 36. Take it away, Philip. Um, it's all about creating models. Were you ever a small boy and created a model? Oh, wait, I'm reading it wrong. Creating role models. That's what I wrote down. Um, yes. Um, yeah, because I, and I, maybe I'm repeating myself. I don't know. But I think, you know, what Star Trek gives us is larger than life characters who, you know, have, have, they, they, they can be seen like regular people. But for the most part, these are bigger than life characters. And so, you know, how do I want to be a good fill in the blank? How do I want to be a good scientist? How do I want to be a good father? You know, be like Cisco. Cisco would be a great role model how to be a father. How do I want to be a good son or daughter or mother or or commander or, or leader or, or whatever it is you want to be in life? There's a role model there on Star Trek. You know, how do I be a good hologram? You know, there's a guy there for you. Um, but, you know, there's there, I think there's a role model um, for everything of how to I want to be the best android I could be. Exactly. You know, um, don't choose lore. He's a bad one. Um, and so, you know, I, but I think that all these characters offer you someone, at least maybe that's how I view it. I'm mean, going to, you know, maybe, I don't know if other people are the same, but like, that's okay. That's someone who I think is a good version of that. What qualities can I steal from that? And I just feel like there's a bunch of good role models all throughout Star Trek, you know, any series um, that, 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 that it's there for someone to take and look at and, and help them in their life. No, I agree. There's, it's, you know, it, it's just, you're right. It's full of role models. It's full of, like you were saying earlier, people who are having challenges and make mistakes. I mean, role models aren't perfect, but they're good examples, even when they, you know, you know, blow up their own ship. (laughs) You did what you had to, Darren. (laughs) My God, Philip, what have I done? (laughs) I mean, I can't tell you when I've, been trying to date this half Klingon. I'm like, how do I do it? But now I have a role model. So, you know, I think everything is out there and all these real life situations, they're just there. You know, I got a boss that wants me to do it in like an hour. How do I fix these engines? You know, I, I, I know those answers now. All right, number 37, 10 away. Uh, I picked the DS9 episode, One Little Ship. Okay, I know this isn't like the best episode of DS9, but I love the fact that they like are in the computer and there's like a giant isolinear chip next to them. I mean, that must've been such a fun set to build, you know, and the little tiny, you know, okay. Yeah. Daniel's rolling his eyes at me, but, but, but no, (laughs) no, no, we're, we're just renaming it. Honey, I shrunk the runabout. (laughs) That's true. That's true. That's the official title. This was the one that got past the censors, but no, uh, you know, but I, I enjoyed that start. Star Trek was having fun with itself. I mean, can you imagine the pitch session? They're like, okay, imagine if they're in the computer and they have to unplug these giant, you know, let's not make them look like dryer vents too much, you know, you know, connectors. And it was, it was a fun show. I, I, I like that episode. Well, it was a tough little ship. Little, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I was rolling my eyes. This is not an episode I enjoy, but it's so my, I think like everybody, my, my concept of what's funny or what's amusing is so arbitrary. Like I love the magnificent Ferengi and I know a (laughs) lot of people that really hate that episode. So I, you know, it's, it's interesting the way that Trek humor. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) The Trek has so much to offer. You know what I mean? There's, if you don't like one thing, you're going to like something else that there's always something, you know, there's always something for you to like. 
No, that's and you know if you don't know how to be you know know what's funny Trek will tell you that too they'll have a Jerry Lewis impersonator come and he'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> he'll teach you everything oh, about humor <laughs> oh god um, all right Daniel take us into number 38 guys we have 13 movies this is this is significant you know I mean there are only a handful of 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 franchises that have that many films or more i don't think the or more i don't think the marvel universe which is insanely popular has that many films yet I, i'm sure it will soon if it hasn't crossed that border and remakes uh, of the whole don't for, count and right right and for A the record Bond, you're counting the third jj movie right i'm trying to get to 13 <laughs> oh i said did i say 13 you did well yeah 12 okay um you know you know there are 20 something bonds and there are 20 something Godzilla films. Like, I don't know. There's a bunch of lots of other films. Anyways, the point is that we have a lot of movies and you know, some are hit and some are miss and depending on who you are and how you feel about things, um, maybe half of them, maybe the odd numbers are good and the, the even numbers are bad or the even numbers are good and the odd numbers are bad. But the fact that we have that many films, there's something for everyone really there really, really is like, hey, motion picture, not your bag. Maybe, maybe Star Trek Two is. You know what I mean? Oh, the original series doesn't fit. Is doesn't fit your fancy. Maybe First Contact will. There's something for everyone in the movies. Maybe all of the Star Trek films are a little too boring. There's 2009 and Into Darkness for you. Like, there, you know, we are kind. You know, a lot of people complain about the movies, but how things have changed. But hey. You know, I don't know if we really should complain about it because there's a lot of there's a lot of good there. There's a lot of really important things that happen there that change the scope of the entire universe. Well, I'm just imagining that if I go to Daniel's Facebook page, I'll see (laughs) what Star Trek movie are you? Click here. (laughs) (laughs) Answer these twenty questions, and well, and to the point. I mean, we've talked before how we feel that TNG kicked off star trek you know like the resurgence of it but we also have to remember that there were several movies before that i mean if those hadn't done well i mean we've seen what happens to a series that gets canceled and only has one movie you know it 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 it, it doesn't doesn't spawn into four more series and 12 slash 13 in daniel's eyes movies but <laughs> sorry about that's that. All right. but uh no but no the movies are great and and you're right there's i like you said it so well about how there's something for everyone if you you know want to hear scotty play a bagpipe you know if you want to see or a 25 minute shot of getting to the enterprise you know it's there <laughs> and 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 that's the thing like and even tonally like star trek one is is really like intellectual and contemplative and star trek 2 is is kind of action oriented but also has a deeper meaning it's about sacrifice and star trek 3 is about wiping away that sacrifice rebirth (laughs) (laughs) but but then like but then star trek 4 is 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 like just all about having a good time it's that's you know what i mean and then star trek 5 is all about crapping all over the rest of the movies that just came out It gets the quote right there. (laughs) (laughs) And then Star Trek six is about making up for the movie that crapped all over the movies that came before it. No, I'm, I I am just, are you saying the undiscovered country is the makeup sex of Star Trek movies? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) But, but you know, it it is like, I know uh, I'm one of those people that truly believes Star Trek belongs on television. I think that's where it thrives. I think that's where it belongs. But I do think there is an element of Star Trek that can be, uh, that can be explored and and tr- and delved into in a movie scenario that it doesn't work quite so well, like the sacrifice of Spock, right? It wouldn't work. It's like a two part episode or something. As a two part no. episode, like even as important <laughs> as it might be, that's like you're not gonna like seeing that on the screen. The like, destruction of the Enterprise. Know, The destruction of the Enterprise. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. And it's why we never get those things on the TV show. So, you know, I think we, we, you know, we have to acknowledge that the movies are just as important and just as significant as the television shows that we love. All right. Number 39, Philip. 
Yeah, I feel my choice is a little bit of a cheat, but nevertheless, I did it anyway. They're all cheats, my, that's right. Yeah, number 39 is the original series, right? But I, I'm, I'm not just broad-brushing the whole thing, but more adventure, but more specifically that it's an adventure. TOS is about having an adventure, which, I mean, you could say all of them is, but it's it's like, and especially because of the, the time period, you know, and none of us grew up when that was actually on the air originally. So, like, looking at it back, you know, we have kind of, to, to use a word, a couple generations separating us and the original series. So we kind of, you know, we don't really have that, like, uh, okay, it's, you know, a different time. But anyway, but we can watch it now and be in that adventure spirit that they're just, you know, the cowboy diplomacy. But there's, I mean, there's more to it. I'm, I'm not just doing the cartoon version of TOS because that's called TAS. Um, but the, 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 that you have this sort of, um, you know, that, that we're just going on a, spa- a Star Trek, you know, that we're just going to go out there and have, have fun and see new things. And it's just crazy, bright colors. Again, not the cartoon, the live action. Um, you know, all these great things and the cheesy props, but who cares? And cheesy effects, but who cares? And, and weird-looking aliens and women that really should be wearing more because it's cold. Um, but but it's, it's great and wonderful stuff that you can still appreciate, you know, even you know, with the Blu-rays and updating stuff. But even looking at the original stuff, we can forgive it all because it's a great, wonderful, funny, serious, thought-provoking adventure on TOS. And, and God bless those Standard Orbit guys that, that keep keep talking about it here on the network but but it's it's just a great wonderful series to the standard orbit standard orbit uh, no okay yeah, no no <laughs> well, like back you said, i mean wasn't the pitch like wagon train to the stars i mean that sounds like yeah. fun right there just call it that you know that's i'd watch that show it's the brilliance of the original series like you know <laughs> it's amazing it's i that's where Gene Roddenberry's vision and his genius really came out because he was thinking of these things in the sixties. It was so far ahead. Yeah. You know, I so far ahead of, of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and all the stuff we can, we, uh, I say we, again, I don't know what I'm saying. We, all the stuff that the people complain about with, with Trek, the people actually make it like, Oh, we don't have enough money. How are we going to like, dude, they had like zero money. They, <laughs> they had like $20 to do the season three episode. Okay. That's how they were doing in the original series. Okay. So but that's, they, that, that's, that's, <laughs> That's why none of the girls were wearing no, clothes gosh. at any point <laughs> in the original. Why series. when they had the big Mr. Mr. Roddenberry, we have to cut this budget somewhere. I've got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the big group shot where all the red shirts are dying, you know, some die, but they roll off screen and then run back around and die again. You know, the... <laughs> no, it's no. a really but... good school play, is what I'm saying. No. I... <laughs> All right, number 40, not not role models, but I love Star Trek model kits. The fact that someone was smart enough to say, hey, you know what? We should make model kits of all these awesome ships because, you know, you had, you know, everyone had like an Enterprise and they even have like the cool ones that are like cutaway and all sorts of things you could do. The Voyager one actually had the nacelles that pivoted and, you know, DS9, not quite the same scale because that would be ridiculous, but... And the Borg Cube one, that's really a cop out. You know, I don't think they should have made that as a, but but no, it's a great you know set. Uh, and I mean, now there's a couple you can buy right now that are all the Enterprises in scale. So you know, I think the the D is maybe you know eight or nine inches long, and you you can put them all next to each other and just see the the sense wow. of of scale. So that's I I just love the models. I was very. Uh, in a rare stroke of genius as a child, you know, I wasn't as into models, but I had a couple of them and I was smart and I put them in the closet. (laughs) And so many, many years later, like after I was finishing college, I pulled out the, the, you know, next gen enterprise D and was like, yeah, blew all the dust off it. (laughs) And was like, Oh, I'm so glad I didn't get rid of this and put it together, you know, and that was so much fun. I, you know, there were some that didn't survive that, uh, intelligence of young Darren but uh but I'm glad that one did they were like so much uh what's his face in the transporter with Scotty <laughs> uh, I have a confession guys the only model kit I've ever owned was a defiant model kit that's not a convention that's great um, <laughs> was it like the well, size of your fingernail because was it scale <laughs> <laughs> it is for me because I'm I'm not a huge fan of the Defiant in general, but um, is it the Sal Powell? Because I, I mean, is that is that what you reenacted? <laughs> you just scratched off the registry. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think part of it is because at the time I owned a Playmates. I think it was Playmates. Uh, 
playset of the Millennium Falcon, which was the same size as my model kit Defiant. It was essentially the same size. Um, anyways, it's the only model I've ever built. And I, I think I did a pretty good job for, for how young that I was. Um, so, and I have so much respect for those people, those people who, who build like three foot to 10 foot to however. It's not like you could put the nacelles on backwards on the Defiant. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, oh my God. Are you telling me that just like I'm the worst? No, no, no. <laughs> um, well, see, now, now I, have, I have more respect for your Defiant opinion, because anyone who's actually built the darn ship can talk all about what they want. <laughs> you know, you, you've earned it. I'm just like Cisco in that sense, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he hit, really hated that Bajoran ship that he built, you too, should. So. You should try my gumbo, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but, well, and, you know, Philip, you have you know, a lot of ships and stuff behind you i'm sure some of them are models i'm sure some no, were... no. i have i have never i will i will say this confession i have never built a model in my life these are all playmates or diamond select that you see around here they're all you batteries go in all of them you, you um, just, so you just pay for your assembly with you know yes, money that I, we get rid of i, I throw money <laughs> at the guy and say you do it um and that's what happens shut up and take my money <laughs> that's right no no if you do it more rewarding with the shot and time money just give it to me and i'll press the button and it'll go woo, and i'll be that'll be cool um yeah no 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 because I, I and i because i remember you know like i, I think my, my favorite model kit to look at i know it sounds stupid um but in the stores all the time it was like the d and in the sea or something like that. It was like the three Enterprise model. This would have been like the 90s. And I was like, oh man, that'd be so cool to get and put together and all that. But um, and I, I had a, a friend of a friend in college who who had a, he did a Voyager model and that thing looks so cool every time I looked at it. I'm like, oh wow. That, that is, I mean like cause I have my Playmates version of the Voyager, but his model, that looked awesome. And I was like, oh man, that must have been so cool because it just looks so and he, and he actually did the work of the extra work of putting the lights in and all mm, that stuff. The fiber so optics. Even cooler. Yeah, so I mean, I think anyone who does that—that's cool. If, you, if anyone has any models that they built, just send them in to us. We'd love to see them. <laughs> we need to review your yeah, models. Just mail them to uh, here's the address. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, Philip, if you if you are worried about painting it, and and you know, all you have to do is just paint them all gold and hang them against the wall, <laughs> and it's totally canon. I have the so. gold Enterprise D playmates, so I'm good. It's, it's... <laughs> all right, number forty-one, Daniel. You know, initially I wanted to talk about a specific character, um, but I, I've changed my mind, and I'm going to talk about the women of of Star Trek. And actually, I guess I, I will backtrack a little bit. I was going to talk about Jedzia, but Jedzia is 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 just one in a long line of strong female characters. Now, Star Trek doesn't always get these female characters right, and I'll be the first to point that out. But from Nichelle Nichols to, I guess you would say, kind of Beverly Crusher. I actually think TNG. I think TNG faltered the most, actually, uh, of all the series. And then Jadzia, and then we get Seven and or and or Belana, and there's possibly other characters. Um, I like how you just skips are, over the captain. But yeah, go ahead. Forget Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there are, there are. Well, even if okay, maybe you disagree with the characters that I pick, but I do think that there are really strong female characters in Star Trek. Like, regardless of series, like we get even in even in the TOS, like where we get Uhura, which like is super progressive for the '60s, right? Even though if you go back and watch, it's like, oh, she doesn't do much. But even if you watch the movies and we see Savick. Like they're gonna like they wanted to replace the most popular character on Star Trek with a woman character. Like that's really significant. Like that that's super important. And and I'm glad that they had the the courage and the and, and the conviction to do that. And I think that Star Trek, while it may is not always perfect, I think that it it puts its best foot forward in the fact that it's like. Yeah, we do have strong women characters, and yes, we're, we are about equality. Yeah, there's a great, uh, you know, pin or something floating around on the internet that it has like a dozen women of science fiction. It's like Samantha Carter from, you know, Stargate, and you have Zoe Washburn from Serenity, and you have, you know, Yanovich from uh, Babylon Five, and you have, 
you know, Seven of Nine and Janeway and just all all these. And it's like, hey, look, sci-fi has some pretty good female role models overall. Like, that's definitely something, you know, I really enjoy about not just science fiction, but especially Star Trek. It's more than just Slave Leah, because that's all I ever see, for goodness sakes. We actually have real... I mean, Confrances Leah's a good character, don't get me wrong, but all I ever see is the slave... I mean, good lord, people, but, you know, she had clothes on and did some fighting and was, you know, a smart leader. So, but, I mean, I'm not trying to start with, but I'm just saying, yeah, I agree with you. We have good female characters, and, and like, and it kind of hits home, because, like, I have a, a friend, and his five-year-old um, will come, and daughter will come into my room and look at all my, you know, Star Trek stuff, and they can play with it, it's fine. Um, but it, it does hit me when she's like, okay, she's actually looking for like girl figures. I'm like, oh, do I have any? But like, <laughs> no, of course I do. I have a Beverly, I have a Troy, um, I have a, a Seska, I have a Uhura. Why does this one not um, have a uniform? <laughs> um, <laughs> we're not going to talk about what kind of action figures you have. Um, and, uh, you know, I have my Janeway, um, and I'm trying to figure out what else. I, I, you know, I mean, just not have a lot. But I mean, it's like, well, good. There's actually some girl figures she can play with. <laughs> That does make me feel better. Um, and then I think there's also the uh, the contradiction that Trek does of, and nothing against any of these actresses, but they have chosen a lot of models first uh, over. They didn't say, oh, it's an actress. They're like, no, here's a model, and we're going to cast her. Okay. But then they cover them up, which I always think is like a weird thing. Like, why'd you hire a model? So, But uh, but it, it works. I mean, you know, because we can make fun of, you know, Troy or Seven or or, um, you know, to Paul of how they were dressed or whatever. But, you know, nine times out of ten, their characters were what shone through. And, you know, if people were drooling, whatever. I mean, I, I don't drool over any of these women characters. All their characters, I think, are more interesting than any drool factor. Um, no, but so. th- that's exactly the point I wanted to make. Like, Troy, and, and, and actually I think Deep Space Nine is the least guilty of this, um, but you pick Troy and you pick Jadzia and you pick Seven of Nine and you pick T'Pol and you know these these women. You know these women. Like, they'll tell you, the people who did this t- will tell you, these women were picked for how they look over over whatever, over whatever criteria. But But ultimately, even Troy, who we rag on occasionally here, but, but all of these characters become more than just eye candy. They all become really substantial, important characters to their stories. And it might take longer than you want them to. And it might, you know, whatever. But, you know, Seven, I, I don't know. I think Seven is oh, probably yeah. my favorite character on Voyager. And I think T'Pol, for all of her faults, is really interesting on Enterprise. And I think and Jadzia is my favorite character I think on Deep Space Nine and Troy in season six and season seven in the movies is way more interesting than Troy. And so there, you know, it's not perfect, of course, but we do get to see, we, we get to see these characters. They are influential to young, to young women. And, and like Philip mentioned earlier, it's not, you know, with the, the different cast members of the main crew, it's, it's about diversity and it's about everybody being represented and and I I I'm thankful to Trek for that. All right, 42 Philip. Um well Meaning this is the answer and to never mind, that's another one. Uh yeah, yeah. Um Deep Space 9 cuz I I kind of used you know, I'm sort of going by series now as you can see. But Deep Space 9. This is and this I don't know. I don't this may sound like a backhanded compliment, which I don't mean to sound that way, but it probably will. Um, that Deep Space Nine is the Trek series that shows us today. I mean, that's how, and that's my personal opinion. People may disagree. That I think we look at these other that there's aspirational, but Deep Space Nine is more reflective of the twenty twentieth and twenty first century. But it does put a spin of it of how we can make that work. That it's most like us now, it, it, and that's my humble opinion. I mean, everyone may criticize that, but Deep Space Nine is how we are today with our problems and our and and that's sometimes why I struggle with Deep Space Nine because like, well, it's not like the future; it's now. But it, in some ways, it's good because it, it does show the problems we have now, but it shows how we can deal with that in in a proper way. So to me, Deep Space Nine is almost better than Enterprise and showing the bridge between now and the future because Deep Space Nine is a lot about what we're dealing with today. Um, and it seems very, very familiar about what we're dealing with today. Like, wow, that could be like any place other than it's a space station. You could just make it 
put it on Earth, and that's pretty much something that's going on right now. Um, and and but but to me that it shows you know in a positive light in the in the manner of the best our better angels of what life could be like if we were going through a war, which we're going through now. Everyone's going through a war almost everywhere in the world um, these days, unfortunately. Um, but all these things of of how we can be the best at that. So that's that's sort of my and I, I don't know. I'm, hopefully, it doesn't sound like an insult while I'm saying it, but that that's why I preach about Deep Space Nine that it's sort of like today, and but but in a better way. I was watching um, Past Tense, Parts 1 and 2, in Deep Space Nine on my rewatch, and it is amazing. I, again, every time I watch that. the Bell Riots that, one? That, the Bell <laughs> Riots, yeah. Every time I watch that, those episodes, I'm, I'm incredibly amazed at how predictive those are. Like, you can see those things happening now. And, and I'm with Philip. Like, I, I mean, I, I do love Deep Space Nine, and it's like... It's difficult to see Picard making the choices that Cisco made in that not difficult it's almost impossible. Picard would not have made the same choices that Cisco made um, and it's good that Cisco was in that situation and not Picard because uh, it just shows the difference of character in those series and, and how they handle the pers- you know the perspective of what's going on and and I appreciate those things as well and I, I agree with Philip like Deuce Space Nine is closer reflection i think of of how we see the world today than than tng is so no i agree i i really as much as people say like oh well you know enterprise happened you know after 9-11 and so you have this series where they're dealing with you know terrorism and stuff it's like okay that's holding the mirror up still but it's not quite like ds9 where okay this is past next gen and we're able to be real you know, we have interpersonal conflict, we have a war, we have, you know, no one, you know, I mean, I think of the great scene when they retake Cardassia and they're back there and they're like, they don't want to drink, you know, over the bodies of the fallen. I mean, it's, it's left a bitter taste in their mouth. It's like no one wins in war. It just ends. And that's so true. And so they, they said so many truths in that show and that, you know, just like Philip was saying, it made it like now. So number 43, bit on the lighter side, Message in a Bottle. So just like, you know, like Dead Stop, you know, Message in a Bottle, one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek. It just has the whole package. You have you have Robert Picardo and Andy Dick who are just playing off each other so well. And they're just, it's so funny. And just, you get all these great one-liners. You know, you get, you know, like beep, 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 beep. You know, what's that? It's, it's true because they're us. Beep, yeah. beep. I mean, you talk about... You, you talk Never about heard that one before. What's us? This is us. This is actual people if we were dropped on the bridge of an advanced starship. Like, we wouldn't know what to do. We'd be like, what is going on? And I'm just around. reading what it says. <laughs> Fire. You hit the wrong ship. It's not my fault. It is, it is my favorite Voyager episode by far. I love that episode to death. I think it's one of the best episodes of Star Trek. Um, and like Philip said, it's a funny episode. And, and But it's an emotional episode too. Like in, 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 in the amazing balancing act that Star Trek gets to perform. It's you watch it and you feel good when you watch it. And then you see the end of it and you feel inspired. Mm. Like it, it really truly moves me at the end when they're like, when when the doctor, you know, of course, like all of these elements we've talked about, we've talked about Robert Ricardo as the doctor, we've talked about funny episodes and moving episodes and inspiration. And at the end of that episode, when the doctor goes up to Janeway and he's like, you're not alone. Like Starfleet knows where you, like, the, I don't know. I just, it's one of the, it's really truly one of the moments in Star Trek that moves me every single time I watch it. And and I have zero bad things to say about that episode. I don't care. I mean, it could have the biggest continuity, you know, blunders in any episode. But it's just so pure and so good and so Star Trek. Like, it's so good. It's, I, I don't know, nothing but positive things to say. Isn't, about that isn't that the one where at the end where Janeway says, like, 50,000 light years from home doesn't 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 seem doesn't so seem far. so far away yeah, right. today or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That scene gets me every time. It's it's so poignant. Such a good such a good episode. Now, Daniel, are there any uh, additions you've made to your program that you wish to share with us? <laughs> uh, well, that would be uh, D- uh, you know Daniel Mark Two, but we haven't got there yet. So for Mark Three, there you go. Or no, he's Mark Two. That's right. 
EMH Mark One, <laughs> Mark Twelve. That's right. All Rejected right, Julian Bashir. <laughs> he is the one point five. Okay, we just we don't talk about it. <laughs> All right, hit a give us the next one, Daniel, number forty four. Uh, well, Darren just mentioned an episode, a single episode, and I'm going to mention Broken Bow. Um, I know Enterprise isn't the most popular show of all the Star Trek shows, but I actually, I love Broken Bow. I think it feels like a TV movie in a lot of ways. Um, I think it's the best pilot, in my opinion. Um, and But even if you take, a, if you strip that away, I think it's, it's, the, most, it's the most impressive pilot. It feels, it, it grows beyond what Star Trek had done before. Like, you know, we, of course, we have uh, Encounter at Farpoint, and then Deep Space Nine has a really good episode in, uh, in The Emissary, and Voyager has um, Caretaker, and that's hit or miss. Some people like it, some people don't. Um, but I think Broken Bow really sets the tone for that series. Whereas, like, Deep Space Nine and Voyager were kind of picking up the, the thread that had been placed before them, Broken Bow kind of had to prove itself. It was like, this is what we're doing. It's something new. Um, we're changing everything. We're changing the ship. We're changing the uniforms. We're changing the characters. We're changing the scenario, the time period. And I actually think it succeeds way more than it fails. And I think it's a fantastic pilot episode. I really, 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 I love Broken Bow. I think it's a wonderful episode of Star Trek. I think it was definitely the most, because it, it would be second in my list of pilots, but I, I think it is the most um, uh, suspenseful and, and thriller, because like, you think of the scene with the, the Klingon strapped down, just talking crazy Klingon, and then the lights going on and off with the Sulaban crawling on the ceiling. You're like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's it is very cool. But then all the, 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 the uh, special effects with the Sulaban, you know, like reaching under the door and all that, and then Flocks' uh, smile, and, and, and then the visiting that, that first alien planet where they have, like, women, you know, eating flies and stuff. You know, it's, 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 it is, like you said, I think that you're right. That is probably one that feels like a most, like a TV movie. Um, for Trek, so yeah, and and you're right that it, it wasn't like you know it wasn't like uh, the NXO one was like oh hi Voyager well, thanks for stopping by we'll go off now you know like no they they couldn't do that you know they they were yeah. uh, they were on their own like like you said and like yeah that they did have the bigger challenge and you know I like how it it took a step back because I mean granted since TNG. Star Trek had kind of progressively gotten darker, like not, not in a negative way, but just, you know, more serious. I mean, Voyager and the Borg, like it just, you know, it's just ramping up because it kind of just had to, had to continue on. But Enterprise was in Broken Bow was great because it just kind of took a step back and just recaptured that optimism that the original series had. I mean, I mean, a lot of people, which was totally personified in Archer with his part of steel, but uh, he optimism, just... Captain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think Broken Bro did a great job, like you said, Daniel, of just kind of resetting the counter and going, "This is Trek," you know, at its core. Let's go on this adventure. I mean, just like he said, it's like the like the intro to to Warp Five. It's like you know, let's see what's out there. Let's go, you know, and that that's great. I mean, the music swells and we're off, you know, on a on a on a fantastic ride of. That was far too short, you know. But uh, I, yeah, broken. Well, they were was, only going war five. They couldn't. They couldn't go that far. So. <laughs> actually, took them a couple of episodes to the... actually get to war five. Uh... <laughs> to the war five. <laughs> I think that was, that was one of my favorite lines because it wasn't the first episode. It was somewhere in the first season where Archer's like war five, and you know. Trip's like, uh, well, we're at Warp 4, and Archer's like, look, can't the Warp 5 engine go Warp 5? This is a Warp 5 <laughs> ship, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. Number 45, last three, Philip Gilfus. All right, the Holy Trio is this last three, as I like to think of them. Um, yeah, this one, again, I, I'm just going by series now, but trying to be specific about it. So this is about Voyager. But to me, I mean, the, the concept of Voyager, and, you know, people I know may, may argue about the execution, but le- that you're alone, um, you're cut off from everything, and half the people there you hate. And that's it. Deal with that. 
you know, and, and I mean, that's it, that's like a personal crisis metaphor or, you know, real metaphorically or literal, depending on how your station is in life, um, that they had to make that work. And, you know, you can argue they maybe cut corner storylines. My key came too easily to being Starfleet, but whatever. But uh, the, the concept was a great concept of, OK, there's no Starfleet. There's no other Federation ship. There's no Federation, you know, around. You're it. Imagine and... there's no Starfleet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and half the crew it's... is a bunch of thugs, depending on, uh, or freedom fighters. I don't know, what, depending on your <laughs> definition. Um, and, you know, and so that deal with that. And and I think that was that's the big concept of Voyager of of and I and that, that to me that's an exciting thing which I wish they had explored more but at least from the, from the start there it was an exciting concept but at least they may not have done the the how to the different people you know the Maquis and Starfleet but they did certainly deal with being all alone and the only Federation and do you cling to your principles of the Federation or do you bend the rules because hey no one's around there's no bad world to yell at you here um, you know what do you do and I think that was certainly this the the strength and weakness that we saw in January of how how much is she going to cling to those Starfleet regulations and what's she going to bend to get home and and I think it's an interesting concept and I, and I love the series that's why I love listening to a podcast that's dedicated to it there's a bad moral. To the journey. There's a bad moral inside each of us, <laughs> Philip, just waiting to get out. It's true. It's true. Depending on what kind of belt you're wearing. Oh wait, my last one, number forty-six. Uh, okay, I remember in first run, you know, watching some of Next Gen and and into, into the other series. You know, your local channel always had the, you know, next time on Star Trek: The Next Generation or next time on Deep Space Nine, and they had those little promos, you know, to entice you to want to watch that week. But they were always tricky with the editing because they'd have like, you know, Cisco would be there and he'd say like, I don't know what we're going to do about this. And then it'd show a shot of like a ship. And that ship was like docking in the first frame and you never saw the ship the rest of like, it didn't have anything to do with the episode at all, you know. And so they were just trying to build the tension or like, okay, how do we make this episode and they want to actually watch it? You know, it didn't matter if it had nothing to do with the plot, you know, and I would catch, because, you know, I'm obviously a Star Trek fan, so I would catch it and be like, wait a minute, Picard didn't say that in this scene. He said this in this scene. It means a totally different context. So I just, you know, it's part of Star Trek. It's it's fun. I love how you can watch those on the Blu-rays, you know, and just with the cheesy music and that one announcer who did it, you know, that was his gig. He always did the, you know, previously on Star Trek Next Generation, you know, Admiral Riker. So they each go seven seasons? I can do this for like 21 years? Awesome. Oh, yeah, he got the sweet gig. So and Yeah, before, know, there was, before there was clickbait, there was remote control clickbait. <laughs> it's true, and it got worse as things went along. And TNG, it was slightly misleading. In Deep Space Nine, it was really misleading. And in Voyager, I think it was... It was a totally different series. <laughs> yeah, it was like... It wasn't at all. It was like, uh, you know, Bride of Chaotica. It was like, these aliens will destroy Voyager. And it's like, what the heck is going on? You no, know, like, it was silly. That's the B-plot announcer guy. You need to learn what the A-plot is and the B-plot. Tell us about the A-plot. <laughs> This promo is built on lies. <laughs> All right. Now, rounding us out, number 47, Daniel. I felt that number 47 was responsibility. I thought that it was it was important for me to pick something that was significant in some way. So, um, regardless of how you feel about where Trek is now, the current state of Trek. And I am, and this is me personally, but I feel, I love 2009. I love the JJ Trek of 2009. I think it's, it's my, it's, it's probably one of my favorite Star Trek films. I do not like Inter- Into Darkness, but that's not the point. Whether you like 2009, whether you hate 2009, whether you like Into Darkness, whether you hate Into Darkness, whether you're looking forward to or, or not looking forward to the next Star Trek movie, Star Trek has a future, and I think the message of Star Trek is to be optimistic about the future. And maybe, whatever, maybe the next movie is won't be good or will be good or who knows. But I think that we're going to get a, a TV show again soon. Sometime soon, we're going to get a Star Trek Netflix show or TV show of some sort. Or Yahoo. <laughs> or Yahoo, right? Yahoo is saving things now. Or, or HBO, who knows what it could be? It doesn't matter. I don't care. 
I'm so optimistic about it. I think Star Trek will continue to live on. I think the optimistic nature of the show, it, it is inherent in humanity. I think it's survived for almost 50 years, guys. We're almost, you know, we're a year and less, about a year and a half away from the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. And I'm so optimistic about it. I don't care. You might, you know, then of course we're getting a, a Star Trek 3 movie, but like it or not, whatever. But I think we're going to get a show. I do. I really truly believe we're going to get a show and I'm going to I'm going to be on the side of optimism and I'm going to say let's you know let's explore, you know, the final frontier. Let's you know, you know, go boldly forward. I'm excited about it, guys. I think we should move forward. Then all the Trek FM hosts fight over who gets to create the uh, new podcast for the new series, <laughs> <laughs> the first Trek in in twenty years. <laughs> but no, you're right. No. It's it's not that far from the fiftieth. Like in start date terms, that's like a decimal point. But uh, uh, but no, it's, a number on the beginning of it. Yeah. But no, I feel it's it's it, it is coming. You know, three three uh, three movies in a series. You know, or whatever the Trek day. is coming. <laughs> But no, I I am looking forward to Future Trek. It's not a dead series. It is continuing on, even if it's fan films or whatever is keeping it going. Like it will circle back, and it will, and it'll be different because Trek is always different. It's different each iteration because it, you can't be the same. You can't have the a TOS show come out next year. It's not going to work. It has to evolve, or it's going to die. And and. Doctor Who has done it and evolved, and Star Trek can do it, and Star Wars can do it. They can do it. So I, I totally agree with you, Daniel. It's only a matter of time. And, and I think the the thing about the future of Trek is is you, that we can see the progression. Like, I mean, my dad uh, watched, and I don't know if he did it original or, or the first reruns of the original series. He watched that. And so, um, and I've kind of discovered Trek on my own, but, but still that I can like bridge that like, well, now my dad watched. And so I took my dad to see 2009. I took my dad to see into darkness. Cause that was, you know, the, the crew that he was familiar with growing up. And of course I got into it. And so that sort of thing continues because there is a future of Trek because it kind of gets, um, maybe not literally, but at least metaphorically passed down to each generation. And so it's like, of course, you know, our generation had like the weirdest thing of like, here's all the Trek in the world. Like, you know, yeah. they had like one Trek. And a couple movies, and like here's like here's like four series. Like in my well, day, we had three series, <laughs> and we liked it. <laughs> I know, and so it, it's sort of interesting, you know. You know, I haven't achieved mitosis or however it is you repopulate. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't have it to pass it down. So, but um, but yeah, the future. Cause I I remember, you know, when Voyager was coming out, reading like the first articles, and I was I was like, a holographic Doctor, that's stupid. What he's gonna <laughs> stay in the holodeck? Oh my god, this is stupid. And then, of course, greatest character, one of the greatest characters. So, I mean, I, I, I remember being that fan. Of course, I was, you know, the appropriate age at that time to be a, you know, person who talked like that. But, I mean, yeah, of course, we still talk like that, you know, with JJ and everything. But, like, hey, get over it, folks. Like you said, like you said, Daniel, optimism. And, it, and that's what Trek is about. And so I think as fans, sometimes we have to remember that. That's what we're about, optimism. Wait for it to come. Let it process and wash over you. And then you form your opinion. But always be optimistic because that's what Trek is all about. You, you said it well. And, you know, the the only property that we can compare Star Trek to, the only one that exists in that same universe, is Doctor Who. And Doctor Who and Star Trek are very, very, very different properties. Like, Doctor Who has just recently had its revitalization, whereas Star Trek has had two at this, in the same span of time, right? Like, mm. uh, you know, in the, in, the, in the late 80s and then now, in 2009... Like, so we're, we're very different properties and nothing except for Doctor Who has been around as long as Star Trek. So we don't know what's going to happen in the future. It's, 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 it's easy for us to be like, oh, Star Trek will always continue on. But I I think the strength of the fans, the fact that, you know what, Trek FM is amazing and you should listen to all the Trek FM shows, but we're just a, we're a tiny microcosm in 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 the fandom that exists in Star Trek. There are th- hundreds of podcasts. There are there are fan series. There are you know people who dedicate their lives to continuing this phenomenon, and and it's incredible. And and I, I don't know. I I I feel honored to be a part of that. And I think that 
in any small part that we that the three of us can participate in that element, then then we are continuing the spirit of the show, the spirit of the franchise, and uh, you know I'm just I'm just glad to be a part of it. I can't say any better, Daniel. Well, that's been a an impressive list of things we've enjoyed about Star Trek. Uh, I mean, obviously we could keep going and going, but uh, it's. You know, it's been fun talking about our 47 things about Star Trek, but these are just... Actually, no, these aren't just a few of the Trek topics. These are all the Trek topics. We pretty much talked about them all. <laughs> no. but, it, but there are other topics, believe it or not, being talked about here on Trek FM this week. Here's a quick look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Oh, I'm just going to say this up front. I don't know if it's Koenig or Koenig. I've heard both. I'm going to mm-hmm. go with Koenig, but if I'm wrong, just pretend I said Koenig the whole time. And I'll go with Koenig. All right. And then, so our bases and are then, covered. So we'll both, yes, okay. one right. of us will be right. Earl Grey. They're like, we're supposed second to be decommissioned. And Kirk's like, second start of the right. <laughs> and then, like, what happens after that moment? They're like, they just start like. Five pat- minutes later, it's like, well. <laughs> I guess we do guess have we to go turn back. around. <laughs> <laughs> to the journey. To the journey is community. And that's what you find with Star Trek, and that's why we do what we do, and that's why we love it when you guys write us, find us on Twitter, and that's why we're all friends on Trek.fm, is because we have this sense of community, and that's what it brings. It's not just about a show, it's about each other. Warp 5. Archer's way is the right way. He Mm -hmm. brings the light. She Mm -hmm. walks into the light to talk to Archer because then she's enlightened because he is an enlightened man. Mm -hmm. She walks back into the darkness and retreats back into her world to pick up the slates and go teach the Mm -hmm. kids about the humans and the Skagarans and all that kind of stuff. Commentary, Trek stars. I think it would be fun in order for in order to prove my point would be like to have us play a game of Monopoly and also two players entirely determined by randomness. Two fictional players would be Mike, Max, Blue, and Green. Continuing mission. When we made the audio drama, it was a fairly straightforward transition. Let's call the ship the Excelsior. Let's make it the fourth one to bear the name. Let's put it in the Delta Quadrant. But uh, now that we're there, um, I'm really happy with a lot of those things. Melodic Treks. Second marriage took place in August the 6th, 1963 to Camille J. Williams, a Las Vegas dancer, and they had two children. And yes, I know, he divorced and married in the same year. I ain't gonna go anywhere near that. You draw your own conclusions. Literary Treks. I think I posited the idea that Lal was kidnapped, and Margaret just said in her Margaret E. way, she just said, Moriarty. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream them from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for the podcast directory to get all the links. If you'd like to share your thoughts on today's Earl Grey, just go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose to send a show. That option on the side, choose Earl Grey, and that'll come to all three of us by email. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and other listeners on our forums at trek.fm slash forums. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Also, please let us know how we're doing by leaving an iTunes review. That will help other listeners find our show here in 2014. Well, reviews are very important to us, not only because we love to hear what you think about the show, but also because they impact how we place in iTunes and on Stitcher. Reviews will make it easier for other Star Trek fans to find our show. We know that it does take some extra time to visit iTunes you know, or Stitcher to write the reviews, so as an added incentive to share your thoughts on our shows, we're giving away some great prizes as part of a month-long promotion. These include a season of Star Trek, your choice, on Blu-ray or DVD, now, obviously, that has to be a series that's actually on Blu-ray right now, but Lord willing, we'll get some more of those coming soon. An official Starship collection ship from Japan, complete with Japanese magazine, Star Trek novels, and a fun collection of alien art badges. Winners will be drawn at random from all entries received before midnight Pacific time on July 31st. All you need to do to enter is to leave us a rating or review on iTunes and or Stitcher. You can only leave one review per show, of course. 
but you can review multiple shows and do so on both iTunes and Stitcher. And for each review, you'll receive one entry in the drawing. Remember that you can also review the master feed, and that will get you an entry as well. So there's two steps for entering, leaving your review on iTunes and or Stitcher, and then you visit trek.fm slash review and complete the form there. We're looking forward to hearing from you, and thank you for your support. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helped us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Our sponsor for this show is audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles are coming out every week, from classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World. Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. And lastly, there are, there's one more way that you can directly help us keeping Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that's by adopting some aliens. Well, illustrations of aliens anyway. If you can go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Toba Ushi, who does most of the artwork you see on our website. They're available in both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels that you can choose from. Just let us know what you would like and in what format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm slash donate. And your support helps us to pay for the costs of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each week. Well, Daniel, someone's interested in talking to you about long lists. Uh, where can they find you on the internet? If you want to give me your list of top ten nacelles, I guess maybe top five, top five sets of nacelles, uh, they can find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm at OneUpDan, and that is the number one, not the word. And, you know, Philip, if someone wants to talk about how you just keep name dropping that one particular captain, uh, where can they talk to you? They can Picard find me at Picard on Twitter <laughs> at NC Public Servant. That's NC like Picard. <laughs> and if they want to talk about why on earth, Darren, did you make a list of 47 things? Didn't you know this episode was going to get split into two? Uh, they can find me <laughs> on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi, D-R-S-C-I-F-I. Well, it's been a lot of fun talking about, you know, this list. I, again, I, I, I really am looking forward to us picking it up again next week. Live long and prosper. Make it so. Engage. Fire. <laughs>